Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Charity Stripe on the all-new Mightier 1090 AM SoCal Sports Talk. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your host, Alex. Josh and Dan. We're here, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they're free. It's our first day on radio. I'm Joshua Fisher here with Alexander Tasopoulos and San Diego's very own Nikki Snacks Crider representing the 619. <laughs> If you don't like a DJ air horn sound effect, that's cool. Just let us know in our DMs on Instagram at the dot charity stripe and on Twitter at underscore charity stripe underscore. Guys, first day on radio. How do we feel? Nick, tell the people a little bit about ourselves. Yeah, I, I will for sure. Uh, but you also have to represent the 858 and the 760. I know, Josh, you don't know the San Diego that I much. I do not. Growing up in San Diego, you come to learn the phone numbers fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're the charity stripe. We're... I'm myself from San Diego, grew up listening to 1090, as you heard on Scott Kaplan's show. Um, but we're all from Texas. We all went to the University of Texas together. I played football there for a season as a walk-on wide receiver, mm-hmm. met these two clowns in school. We mm-hmm. all moved out to Los Angeles around the same time to pursue the career of acting mm-hmm. and getting into sports radio, and here we are. And here we are. Shout out to our families. Big day. The only reason I know the 619 area code is because of Ray, Ray Mysterio. Mysterio. For of those course. of you who don't know us, because it's our first time, I have a huge love and deep appreciation for the WWE. This is Josh talking. I'm wearing a Shawn Michaels Sweet Chin Music shirt. Uh, Alex is out of Dallas, and I'm out of Long D-town. Island, New York, D-Town. Uh, we are brought to you by, speaking of Scott Kaplan, Sided. Go to that app. It's an amazing debate app. You can go there debate literally anything. We kind of handle the sports section of that, and we put up a Sided debate that everyone's got to go vote, join in the fun. Here's the debate of the day from the Charity Stripe. Who will be traded first? Sean Watson or Aaron Rodgers toss will go to you um yeah so I actually went to sided.co and already locked in who I think will be traded first and I just I look at it this way they're both obviously very high profile quarterbacks they're both very talented but if you're an NFL franchise that can go get one of these guys they're going to be worth something somewhat similar. So why wouldn't you go for Rodgers, who doesn't have all of this legal baggage in tow, and make that trade? I know the Broncos are obviously like who everyone thinks are going to go for both of these guys. But if if I'm the Broncos and I'm Fangio, I, I'm going for Rodgers. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. First of all, I don't get why either of these guys want to go to Denver. It, it the, the, the West is a hellhole. First of all, you have to play Mahomes twice. The Chargers ain't no slouch. And I'm not even saying that because there's a huge Chargers fandom in the 1090 area. It's a re- And the Raiders, I guess, are the Raiders. They're at least always competitive. They Look, they beat the Chiefs last year. So they're a legit football team. I would rather go somewhere, and again, there's a lot of quarterback situations already figured out, but I'd rather go somewhere where it's a li- at least a bit easier to win. If I was a quarterback on the move, I would love to go to the NFC East because no quarterback situation is really stable over there, and that'd be uh, outside the Cowboys, and that'd be the ideal situation for me. I mean, the, the whole Deshaun legal battle situation, it, it's budding up to be the biggest legal battle story, maybe not of all time because you have O.J. Simpson in the mix. Um, shout out to his family. Uh, 
But like, it's just the weirdest thing. Like, what is going on there? I don't understand it. Like, there's no news on it. No one's has it. No one has opinions on it. Well, you it's know, just completely bizarre. It's just so bizarre. I think it's bizarre, but I also think it's a good thing that there's not a lot coming to light right now. Um, you know, obviously we want we want public knowledge. We want cases to come to the forefront of of the media. But yeah. at the same time, like, let's let them do their due diligence. Let's let everything kind of. Let's let all the evidence stack up before we make assumptions about things and, and throw this guy under the bus. I mean, he could be innocent. Yeah. I mean, we discussed that on our podcast maybe a month and a half ago, and we were tiptoeing around it. One of our big sentiments around it was like, hey, we're not going to have an opinion and make a take on it before we know everything. But we still know just as much as we do now, probably even less. And it's two months later. I, it's two months later. I, I think the one thing we do know is how the NFL has handled situations like this legal situations involving yeah. players in past and i would be surprised unless they really try and make an example out of deshaun one way or the other that he won't be suspended for the entire season or even half the season so with that i do think that, that as far as trade value i mean he came out and said he still wants to be traded he hasn't changed his stance on that so i think if you're a team that wants him you go and you go and try and move everything for him because we obviously know his talent and knowing that like the repercussions from the NFL aren't going to be that bad, but a lot of the NFL rosters already have their quarterback situation set and they, they aren't in like this weird, you know, can we go get someone else? Should yeah. we go someone, go get someone else? Like these, these OTAs training camps are starting pretty soon for some of these teams. I mean, that's one thing for Rogers. Like he might be seeing a $93,000 fine because he doesn't show up. Yeah. And, but are they going to do I, that? I think that, are they actually going to fine him? 100%. It's like you can't just treat guys no. differently. Well, I've heard that they might treat him differently because he's Aaron Rodgers and he's obviously going to go into the Hall of Fame, which Oh my god. I I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy that's steadfast in his opinions and he doesn't care one way or the other. I'm I I would almost see him saying like, "No, fine me. I'll pay the fine. Figure out what you're doing with me or figure out like what we're doing here together." I don't think he's going to he's not going to hold out for the season. I think he'd play. But I don't know. It's an interesting situation all across the board. I'd, I'd love to hear. And, I, and I, yeah, it's very awkward. I, I'm excited to see what everyone else votes uh, on sided in regards to this debate. Okay. Because it's something that it's, it's going to last for, you know, not just the next couple of days. Months. I mean, look, you bring up a great point. Things have already been rolling in the NFL. So if you haven't made the move now, I mean, Green Bay is sitting on their hands at this point far too long. The they time, completely blew it. The time to strike was before the draft. 100%. That's when teams have the most capital. They have yeah. the most cards to hold. So I don't understand. If there was a trade to be made, it, it should have been before the draft. The front office has their lips pressed on Aaron Rodgers' behind, and they need to get it off, and they need to start playing hardball. He's not messing around, so why are you? I mean, look, you took Jordan Love for a reason. Obviously, you don't want to throw him into the fire sooner than you have to, and we've all seen that one video on Twitter where he goes to throw it in the net and completely throws it into the ground, but he's a first-round quarterback. You think he's going to be the guy of the future. Rodgers, look, was the MVP? Yes. Was he the best quarterback in the league last year? Probably, but he's 37. I mean, I would give up. and No legal battles in, in tow. Like, if it's just Deshaun and Rodgers stacked up, I would still rather trade for Deshaun. I don't think that's much of a question, right? Yeah, future's brighter. Yeah. It's just so, I mean, Houston and, Rod, and Watson coming out saying, I, I want to leave Houston. I mean, that has to be the most desolate place to play in sports. Would you rather play for the Texans or play for the Sacramento Kings? I'd rather play in the NFL, okay. personally. But, uh, yeah, those are two tough places to play. Although Houston can be a fun city. And, and I think that with the right 
energy and the right team and the right people involved. I mean, they could they could do something, but they just had terrible management through the past couple of years with Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. He, cr- he crippled that organization. They, Bill O'Brien literally took a my pillow, put it on the steering wheel, and took a nap. Sleep at the wheel. I mean, is it wild for me to say that I'd rather go to like a McDonald's like playground and jungle gym and like off the highway in Cleveland, Ohio, than go play for the Houston Texans? I'd rather play in that. It's not weird to say at all. Yeah, I, that's a dumpster fire over there right now. It is an absolute dumpster fire. But I would love for Rogers' sake. I would just love for the saga to be over because here we are on our first day of radio, and everyone in the media is talking about it. No one has you know real clue where he's going to go or when it's going to happen. I just think it needs to happen soon, and we need, need to all move past this. The Deshaun Watson situation is sticky. I actually don't think he'll be traded until next season. Really? That. Because you can't. Nothing's figured out. And I think Toss. I think you're right in the sense that like. You know, there, there's going to be a suspension of sorts. There always is. Right. When there's smoke, there's fire. Look, if it was one girl, again, I don't want to damn him because we don't know what's officially happened yet. If there was one girl, that's one thing. We're talking like 20-plus girls. When there's smoke, there's some kind of fire. So, yes, I believe a suspension will be handed out. So I can't see them trading him for the right value, at least this season. It's tough for an organization to trade away their assets for a guy that might not return to the field. Yeah. There's so much uncertainty there. They need to know everything possible. I also agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen this season. Um, I mean, obviously, you want to be on the player side and, and you know give him what he wants and not stay in a crappy organization, but this is a different circumstance. If it was, if it was a situation where Russell Wilson wanted out of Seattle, then it's like, okay, that trade's happening right now. Yeah. I mean, he would... I The Seahawks... To me, Russell Wilson, I'm glad that didn't happen because there's guys in sports that are untradeable, in my opinion, because you'll never get the fair value back. Right. And I think he's one of those guys. Yeah. So many intangibles. I mean, he's like... He's arguably in my... I Look, we were talking about it the other day. I was like on the train from the Long Island Railroad from the city back to Long Island when we were drunk. We were talking football. And I'm saying, Russell Wilson, in my mind, no question, has surpassed Big Ben surpassed like obviously surpassed Eli Manning he's better than Matt Ryan sorry to the 1090 folks don't want to start off on the wrong foot better than Flip Rivers I mean to me he's probably one of the five best quarterbacks of the century yeah I can't argue that I mean he's a, he's a competitor and the numbers don't particularly show that but that's not the style of play yeah I mean what you Mahomes will obviously factor in sooner rather than later of course um but it's Breeze Brady obviously Peyton and then Rodgers um, but yeah, super sticky situation uh, in the quarterback rooms in Green Bay and Houston. Not a sticky situation though. Dallas, Dak finally gets paid and then gets paid again, signing a fi- look at that. I could you guys can't see it. We're on Zoom. Toss is a Dallas Cowboys fan. He's happy. He's that smiling. He's getting he's getting his Dak quarterback back, and he signed a deal with Jordan. First QB ever to sign a deal with Jordan. Five year deal. Nick, what do you think this means for the NFL, for Dak? Does it put extra pressure on him? What's the situation there? Highest paid NFL player to be repped by Jordan. Um, I think it says a lot of things about about Dak, who just came off for a brutal injury, right? Yeah. He's coming back. You know, There's going to be uncertainty of how he'll perform, and I'm sure he'll respond well. But the pressure is on. You know, he wants to live up to the name. He, he wants to be the guy, the face of Jordan. You know, that's the next thing from Nike. Um, I just think that it's good pressure to have, though. It, it lights a fire under him, and I think that letting him compete on a high level in a wide open division is is huge. Yeah, and Jerry Jones, you know, knew that as well. I'm sure he knew that this deal was coming. Yeah, and that's why he inked them. And it looks like he's the highest paid player in the NFL now. Yeah, I mean, behind Mahomes, of course, with his half a billion dollar deal. Yeah, must be I nice mean, being Pat Mahomes. 
obviously it's uh it's great for Dak. It's great for him to have that that money in his pocket to have that you know brand notoriety with with Jordan uh in tow. But you got to also remember he was the Dallas Cowboys quarterback as a rookie. He put up almost an MVP caliber season that year. This is no stranger to the limelight, right? Like he's been there. He knows how to handle pressure. Last year, I think, even with his injury in 2020, he was the third highest paid athlete in the world. Yeah. Maybe maybe fourth. Like, I, I don't really think this makes that big of a difference outside of just kind of saying, again, Dak, you're still our guy. Go do your thing. Like Nick said, the division's wide open. The Dallas Cowboys better win it. Um, I, I know that the the football team has a really great defense. Fitzpatrick stood in very well for the Dolphins. A lot of times we were confused during the year why they put in Tua so early. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he can win some games, but and I think he's a better alternative to what they had last year. Obviously, but I'm not. I'm not scared of Fitzpatrick. You know, I'm not scared of Daniel Jones certainly because he fumbles the ball like twice every every game. And, he and then Jalen Hurts is. Yeah, and he's then he's not good, and, and Jalen Hurts is still figuring things out, right? And he might not even be their starting quarterback this year. Like we don't necessarily know that. Yeah. Um. I expect him. I expect him to be, but I know that from everything we've heard out of the Philadelphia, uh, out of their, you know, out of their from their coaching staff, that it's still an open position to be taken. Yeah. So, it's time for the Cowboys to take the NFC East. Um, it, we'll see if they can actually get it done. And I know, again, like just like it was last year, it's not really on Dak whether or not they win the division, right? It's on that defense. So did they get enough pieces in the draft? Did they put enough things together? And, and will they actually be able to get it done? Well, the situation goes, is like, is he the quarterback under the most pressure in the league? Because we're saying the Cowboys have to win the division. You got Daniel Jones, who we, as of right now, think blows. Jalen Hurts, who I'm a big fan of, that Eagles situation is kind of murky. We don't like look. We all love Fitzmagic. He's a fine wine. He seamlessly gets better with age, but we don't know what that offense is going to bring. That defense is ferocious. We want to say the Cowboys, because of all the weapons they have, assuming their defense has gotten better because it can't get much worse, is the favorite in that division. He signs this massive deal. He's coming off injury. It still is the Cowboys, which honestly is like the LeBron James of the NFL. It's always in the news. Is Dak under the most pressure of any quarterback in the NFL? I don't think so. I mean, I think Daniel Jones has a lot to prove right now. And I also think that we're talking about an Aaron Rodgers trade. That's a great destination to go if, if you're Aaron Rodgers. If you want to go to New York, go to the Big Apple, a bigger market, but also at the same time, another wide-open division that we just talked about with some pieces there. So you got Saquon Barkley coming back. I say Daniel Jones has a lot of pressure. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Toss? Daniel Jones, I, I think, uh, got to point the finger at, guys like Carson Wentz right yeah like how much how much flack was he getting and now he's going into a system where if he kind of repeats what he you know his woes in Philadelphia like people are gonna just point to him and say that he's a, he's a bust yeah he no matter what no matter what his uh sophomore season looked like like he's a bust and he can't get back from that he's he doesn't have it between the years there's a couple other guys around the league Baker I think for yeah I I, I think Baker has kind of grown out of that um, out of that pressure situation. Lamar is always going to be in there because he's, he's been the MVP before and now there's this expectation for him. I think a guy like Ben Roethlisberger also is, has a lot of pressure on him this year. That window is slowly closing and I don't know how much left he has in the tank. Jameis Winston's another one to point out. I mean, a lot of people have written him off. He was close to coming back though. I mean, he had that season where he was, he was just bombing it and he threw a lot of picks, but 
the LASIK eye surgery, you know, who knows? He never really got the fair shake to get a starting quarterback job back. A lot of picks is like 17. 30. He, he threw, threw 30, 30 plus picks. picks. <laughs> like, it's like Madden, all, he's like all Madden mode, like, I understand. Belligerently drunk with a blindfold. But on. he's the foreseeable starter for the Saints, who are a playoff team. They you can't know? start Taysom Hill. They cannot. They got to go. They got, I mean, he was like admirable in his fill in, but they got to go Winston. They have to. And it looks like Winston, you know, flew Traquan Smith out. I saw that somewhere today. He seems like he's taking it seriously, which is always good to see. And I hope Carson Wentz, look, look, I've crapped on Carson Wentz on our podcast like he's made of porcelain. I really am rooting for him. I hope it goes well in Indianapolis. Um, if Ellinger gets in there, our boy from Texas, I'm not going to cry about it. But I think that Colts team obviously is a win now team. And he's a quarterback when he's fully healthy, it hopefully can win now. But you bring up a point of the Aaron Rodgers and kind of going back to sided. Everyone go to sided right now. Check out our debate on the Charity Stripe page. I think New York is the spot. I don't know why they're holding on to this Daniel Jones card so much. They have Saquon. His window's closing already. They bring in Galladay. They draft Tony. I mean, they have Ingram. This team is ready to go now, and that defense is good. They With are. Aaron Rodgers, they could lock in that division. That's a home field playoff game at the minimum, and they could be competitive with the Buccaneers. I'm that serious about Rodgers going to the Giants. I like it. Who's the uh, who's the rookie with the most pressure? The rookie with the most pressure, Wilson. It's got to be Wilson. Right? Got to be Wilson because it's look Lawrence. We were talking about it while we were getting coffee today, Nick and I. There's no way Lawrence is going to be bad. He could be okay, but I think he's in a situation where he's going to be very good. Lance not going to get in the game right away. Mac Jones not going to get in the game right away. Fields won't either. Fields may. I don't know. I think they'd roll out Andy Dalton. Week Dalton's one. fine. Dalton's fine. You could roll out Dalton week one and trust the defense and trust at least he'll take care of the football somewhat and run a good game. The most pressure is Zach Wilson because he's the starting quarterback. Look, we've spoken about it again on our podcast. I don't understand what Fields did wrong. I really don't. I get Wilson's intangibles, but Fields did it all, put up unreal numbers, did it in the limelight. They passed on him. They passed on Mac Jones. Lance is kind of a question mark as well because we really don't know what we're going to get from him in the NFL. He's similar to Wilson with the intangible stuff. The pressure is on in New York, and on top of that, that run game, not good. That run game's just not good. No. Like, Michael yeah. Carter is a fourth-round running back, like, rookie. Could he be good down the line? Possibly. Is he going to be good this year? Can you rely on him this year? No. Tevin Coleman, who's oft injured at this point. I mean, the receivers are young. The tight end is who? I mean, it's in the right side, the left side of the offensive line is, is the Great Wall of China. The right side of the offensive line is a turnstile. I mean, you know, and for a rollout quarterback, I guess it works, but I just think it's a lot of pressure for a guy in New York to start week one, and I don't know if he's necessarily yeah. there yet. Funny enough, and, though. Go ahead, Doug. Yeah, I was just going to say, re- I was just going to say, recency bias says that the fans are dissatisfied. The, you know, fans of the NFL look at the NFL Jets as kind of a, a joke right now, right? So there's a lot to prove just from a franchise standpoint. You got a new head coach. You just have a lot of eyes on you. Right. And with the eyes, being in New York, a lot market. of pressure. It's funny yeah. enough, though, I, I do think that he gets a longer opportunity than Sam Darnold does. Yeah. I mean, the Darnold situation was like their head coach should have been fired after week two or probably should never have gotten the job right. in well, the first place. That, I think that's the thing, though. You have a brand-new head coach. You know, Robert Sala comes in there. You have a brand new quarterback, brand new style. You know, it's a revamp of the entire team, essentially. Yeah. The two biggest pieces of your team. I do think that he gets his entire rookie deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, to, to, to figure he's it out. He's a second overall pick. Unless he absolutely bombs, he, he's going to have a, a long leash. I mean, they're giving Daniel Jones a long leash with Aaron Rodgers in the market. I mean, he's going to get a long leash. It's a great point. I mean, the thing with I mean, Adam Gase, like, I know it's way back, but they should have fired him. 
not an original press conference where he looked like he was hiding a body in his closet, like a complete freak. They should have fired him after that. Crazy eyes. Crazy eyes, dude. He looked like he killed somebody. He could have. horrifying. I'm excited, though. I mean, the NFL, the whole situation is teams can fluctuate so easily. Like the Chargers, the Chargers-Rams situation is, I think the Rams are the better team on paper, and I think people have higher expectations for them. I do think the Chargers, as of now, are the second best team in their division, and I really think that this kid Herbert is going to blow up. Oh, I agree. I mean, he was the rookie of the year, but people have him, I think, with like the fifth or fourth best odds for MVP. And I, and I don't think it's one of those situations where we'll see a sophomore slump. He's got it between the years. If Mike Will is healthy, which is always a question mark, um, you know, we'll, we'll see it come to fruition. But I have a major faith in him. All right, we're going to take a quick break, guys. Go to commercial, but come right back. We'll be here. We're the charity stripe. Hit your free throws because they're free. We will be right back with the Charity Stripe on the all-new Mightier 1090 AM, SoCal Sports Talk. This is the Charity Stripe on a new generation of radio, the Mightier 1090 AM, SoCal Sports Talk. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch of free throws, cuz they're free. I'm Joshua Fisher here with Alexander Tosopoulos and San Diego's very own Nikki Snacks Kreider out of the 619. But as we learned earlier, there's a plethora of area codes in San Diego, one of which I remembered. It was uh, 760? Yep, and the other one's 858. Let's go. Memory still got it, baby. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at the.charity.stripe or on Twitter at underscore charity stripe, another underscore. After that, another one, another one, uh, baseball, big news. Uh, Garrett Cole had a press conference. A reporter asked him if he was, if he ever used an illegal substance and he kind of dodged the question and basically didn't say no, didn't say yes. It almost looked like he had and didn't want to share. He looked very uncomfortable. He looked like he was about to cry about it. And he basically was saying, look, things have been passed on from generation to generation. You kind of got to weed out what's right and what's wrong and what you can get away with. And then Pete Alonzo also came out and said, baseball's manipulating baseballs. And at this point, it goes back to things we've been saying for, honestly, I think I've been saying it for months now. Baseball and the true fans of baseball need to stop policing the sport. It is too much at this point. People are fishing. People are trying to drive it into the ground. I, it's so tough. You want, if you're a baseball, you want to get new baseball fans. And we're already behind the eight ball with people thinking it's boring, people thinking it's too long, people thinking it's too slow. Am I down for like a pitch clock for a pitcher and actually having people take it seriously? Yeah, that could speed the game up. But outside of that... Let's stop policing the sport. Everyone is trying to go on this witch hunt all the time, trying to find the, the cookie crumbs to the problem, and let the players play. Do I you, mean, everyone's always complaining. Do you guys agree that baseball is the most judgmental sport? It's insane. In all sports? Yes. It's, Definitely. It's ridiculous at this point. People crapping on baseball 24... The players, the fans. Oh, we love the, baseball. The reporters, too, though. I mean, there's reporters that, that don't like the swag chains, right? You know, Tatis popping his chain. Or Acuna popping his chain. They're Kick like, oh. rocks. Like, they don't like bat flips. It's Come on, it's a new era. It's it, Listen, the game itself is never going to change. The fundamental problem of the quote-unquote slowness in baseball or the speed of the game or how long it can be on TV, it, you can't physically change that. No. You can't. The, oh, it's 162 games. That can't be changed. I'm, I don't want that changed. I love the stats. I, I love the history. Either. Yeah. That being said, 
allow the players to bring some of themselves into the game. Like the NBA, you can have the fits. You can have the league outfits. There's like a lot of those. Players have shoes. There's like a lot of swagger and individualized stuff that the NBA does right, boasting, boosting their stars up. The NFL is starting to do that. You have the best player in the world who plays in Los Angeles and he gets no screen time. Not the best player in the world, arguably the best player ever. He Mike gets Trout. no screen time. Then you have a guy like San Diego's own, Fernando Tatis Jr., who is the epitome of swagger. He's young. He's clearly the face of the game. They're doing a better job, but the bat flip thing, the chain thing, let him be him. I think the other thing is if you ask most players around the league what the league should do to grow the sport or what changes need to be made, I think a lot of it is driven by swag. You, they interviewed Blake Snell during a Padres game on ESPN, and I think A-Rod and Vaskersian were like, what do you want MLB to do? And he says, I think it'd be cool if they let us customize our own jerseys. Like, that's a swag thing. It, it doesn't change the actual aspect of the game. Like, the have, rules like, don't the change. name on the back different? Like, actually customize, like, a uniform. And, like, I mean, that that's kind of outlandish. Like, I don't know if it's ever going to fly. Just because, No, that's, like, a little, that's a little hippy-dippy. So it is, but, like, the, the point is that they want to bring swag into the game. Yeah. They, they, they want there to be more <laughs> focus on the players' personalities, too, and, and not just the actual play. Yes, the play matters, but if you look at the NBA, it's grown so so much because of the outside, you know, concepts of the NBA, NBA 2K, the video game, you know, having letting these guys Twitch stream. I mean, all these little things that don't even involve the game itself. Took years for the show to get on Xbox. Years, like way too long. And it's like, you know, you have guys in the NBA, there's so many different personalities. Trevor Bauer stands out so much, whether you love him or hate him, because he's the only one that's really kind of starting to voice his personality. So it's just the outlier. So it's different. There's guys across the board in in both sports. uh, Hockey's a little bit different because those guys are just nuts, you know, that could kind of really showcase who they are. And I think that's, I mean, that's to me a fundamental issue that's going on right now. We we had had talked about this on our podcast uh, last week about how Trey Young kind of elevating to this heel status with his series against the Knicks was actually a good thing. So the MLB and the NBA both have a problem of viewership. But I do think that the one thing, like we look at the Astros cheating scandal, right? This is another basically proclaimed cheating scandal with the spin tack and pitchers utilizing. It's very different. It's completely different. And I, I agree with you there. But do we think that in a way, this kind of coverage is actually good for the game in the same way that, the, the Astros cheating scandal was good for the game. I do think that if someone, if you're a Padres fan, if you're a Rangers fan like myself, and you see that the Astros are playing and you can buy tickets to that game and you can go and you can boo the Astros, yeah. you want to do it and for you sure. want to get in those seats and do it. So I, I think I there's, there's part of this where like it's a little bit good. And I think especially in regards to this in comparison with the Astros is because he's not the only guy that's doing it if he's doing it. Right. Everybody there loves are... everybody loves to hate a villain. Yes, and, that's true. And I guess especially it, one that's getting paid like Garrett Cole and right. plays for the Yankees. Plays, one exactly. of the most loved, but also one of the most hated franchises exactly. in sports. For sure. I don't think this would have been of a, a bigger topic if he wasn't on the Yankees and if he wasn't Garrett Cole. Yeah, he's like the highest paid pitcher in the league, and probably a top, he's definitely a top five pitcher right. in the league. I mean, look, you look at a top five pitcher in the league in Lance Lynn at, in Chicago and the White Sox, and if. If this was his situation, it wouldn't have been this this much covered. No one would care. And the only look is it worse than the cheating scandal for the Astros? Absolutely not. But the thing with the Astros cheating scandal, which I I kind of I like your point. I really agree with it. Is it's more tangible. It's more malleable. You can see it. It's just one team you could hate on. You could understand it. They were banging trash cans. 
Very simple concept. This is just such murky territory of like understanding the spin rate and understanding like what they're using and all that that the casual fan may not be able to grasp. And that being said, it just all of a sudden looks like a whole just baseball's tainted again and just has that overarching narrative, which I don't like. Garrett Cole looked like he got smacked in the face when he heard that question. He looked he, like he was going to cry. He, he looked like he was going to cry. He started to blush a little bit. He didn't know. How to, he said, I don't know how to answer that question because I think he understands that a lot of players do it and he doesn't want to throw the rest of the league under the bus. He's yeah. like, "Well, they all do it, you know." Like well, I do it, Bauer does it, DeGrom well, he, does he it. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to admit, you know, guiltiness of on course. his own accord as well. Yeah. He doesn't want to push it one way or the other, and I I think like he obviously was a deer stuck in the headlights, but I think he kind of handled it as best he could right. for what was The only thing I would say is like, why is he taking that press conference in the first place? Because you know you're you know you know you're going to get that question thrown at you. Why is that guy at? Shame on that reporter for asking that question, honestly. Just well, we're go. talking about that recorder. He's getting he's getting coverage in yeah. every other reporter's article. So Good for him. He's just doing he's doing his job. I I don't know. It's it's interesting, but obviously like it's not necessarily something that is clearly illegal like the trash cans, you know, was with the Astros. So it's like it's part of the game. It it's been part of the game for a really long time. Just like yeah, just small small little tweaks to the ball. I mean, we were saying the same thing when guys were bombing it out of the park. They're like, the balls need to be looked at because guys are guys are raking. Too yeah, much. it's full on crank that soldier boy half the time. Which again, that's a different issue for a different time. It just, I it was like the first time I actually felt bad for a Yankee player. For those who don't know, I am from New York, but I root for all Boston teams. My grandfather's from Boston, and it was the first time. Like I, it could have been me. Like it looked like he mouthed mommy at one point. Or I don't know if I was just seeing things in, in the press conference. But I actually felt bad for Garrett Cole. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you bring up Trey Young, though. We'll go to basketball. He was, just, see, he was seeing ghosts like Sam Darnold, right? Well, yeah, seeing ghosts like Sam Darnold. Uh, bring up Trey Young. We are brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today and place some bets, guys. It's a great place to place bets. We're going to give you some betting advice here. Hawks, Sixers is well underway. Hawks took game one. Sixers took game two. This is on Thursday. They play Friday night. Toss, what do you like in that game? Yeah, I think that the Sixers showed me that they have kind of figured things out a little bit on the defensive side. Uh, Shake Milton, obviously, Papa Shake Milton stepped up. He scored like 14 points in eight minutes, which is ridiculous. And if Nick, I don't know if you saw this, but for those of you who have seen HBO's Mayor of Easttown, Everyone was saying that only Mayor could have discovered Shake Milton's resurgence, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, he only played one minute in the first game, right? Yeah, it's the same thing as like Luke Kennard, yeah. dude. It's like these guys aren't playing for some god knows reason, and they come in like firecrackers off the bench. Can we start calling well, Shake Milton are. milk? M- milk, sure. <laughs> yeah, they're they're microwave type guys, right? You never yeah. know what you're going to get with them. But I do think the Sixers are kind of finding their form, and and Bede's playing the best basketball he's been playing almost all year on a torn meniscus too, which is absolutely ridiculous. So I I like them going to Atlanta, and I I would take the the spread. They're minus one and a half. I think that they kind of take this series and and push forward to that two game uh, to, to to win two games. And really, uh, I think they're going to put this one not to bed because I think the obviously the Hawks can win another game. But I think that they're going to show who the better team is. I think they are the better team. I think that the clearly the better defensive team. Like there are guys on that team that they are a scary defensive team, and they are long as long yeah. as the day is. 
Um, but the Hawks can still shoot. Trey Young can still get into the paint, break a defense down, kick it to Gallinari, kick it to Red Velvet, kick it to his Kevin Horder, which is a great nickname, by the way. Bogdanovich yeah. and or Dish to Capella down low. I think it's a good well, series. They, but I like I like the take that the Sixers are gonna take care of business now. Yeah, Doc finally made the adjustment where they're doubling him a lot earlier, forcing him to get the ball up. He he's not just going ISO on Danny Green. Danny Green can't guard him. Like they're playing Tybal on him like they should be. Um, so I think that the Sixers kind of they take this game three, make a statement in Atlanta, and then uh, maybe we'll see some heroics in game four from Trey Young. Yeah, which would be exciting. We want that villain to kind of keep being the villain. It's great for the NBA. The, the meniscus thing is ridiculous. That he's like not only playing on a meniscus, but dominating on a meniscus tear. My father tore his meniscus when we were on a cruise when I was a kid and was the opposite of Joel Embiid. <laughs> Bedridden for months. It's just like another reason I'm embarrassed of my father. Anyway, uh, going to the Sun, going to the Sun series. Sun's shout been, out to his family. Shout out to my family. Uh, <laughs> Suns have been dominating the Nuggets. Do we think this is going to be a sweep? Can we just say yay or nay? I would say yes. Uh, you know, Chris Paul is, is playing Chris Paul basketball. Devin Booker is finally looking like a true superstar. Yeah, shooting the lights out. And Aiton is great. DeAndre Aiton is is a top. I would say he's a top 10 big man in the league. He's he's really matched up well against Jokic, and Bridges has been amazing. Bridges has yeah, really Bridges been amazing. Yeah, Bridges has been great. I, I, would, I want to give the just-named MVP a little bit of credit. I yeah. think they can get one one game where Jokic just figures him out, and he does his just like basketball savant stuff and takes him, you know, scores 40, gets 13 assists, and has 12 rebounds, and they win one game with some help from some supplementary shooting from the other pieces. Um, but the Suns are winning this series. Yeah, sure. I I also think it's a situation where they match up so poorly against the Suns, and it's because like it's an asterisk, no Murray. Yeah, like if Murray's there, you have that guy that can go tit for tat with Booker and kind of keep up shooting wise from the guard position. We were in a group text, uh, Toss, myself, and our other buddy, and he was like, "Oh no, Will Barton's coming back." He said that a couple of days ago, and then oh, Toss no. and Toss came in the group text last, like, the other night and was like, Will can't, believe, "Can't believe they're getting blown out with Will Barton on the floor." Like they don't have guys that can even come close to matching up. With Booker or Paul, they're just always going to get theirs, uh, and it's tough for you know Jokic when you kind of in the playoff basketball when you can kind of really run these doubles and play harder defense. Um, currently, as we're talking, the Bucks Nets is going on. Uh, so for all we know, the Bucks could be blowing out the Nets. That being said, um, looking into Game Three, I think we're all under the impression this is an absolute clean sweep. Clean sweep. Pathetic showing by the Bucks this flat. If you're losing by forty points in the second round of the playoffs in Game Two. Oh yeah, you have no, you have no right to be in the second round of the playoffs. Toss the floor is yours for Budenholzer. Yeah, I just think it's a classic Budenholzer playoff collapse. He's done it year in year out. I mean, we can we can give credit to the players as we should because they're the guys that are actually, you know, putting the ball in the hoop and defending guys. And Giannis, in typical form, you know, is not clutch at the end of late playoff games. And Middleton has been not himself he has not performed at the all-star level level that he he made that shot game one against the heat and i think everyone stopped kind of watching the bucks really intently after that but if you look at him statistically over the last few games like Brutal. he he has been way worse than he was during the season drew holidays kind of kept form but not having divincenzo for them actually is a really big deal depth um you need the depth yeah, in the you, playoffs and, and that was one thing that they really had. And what we've seen on the opposite side is that like Blake Griffin now has a resurgence and looks like old Blake. Like he Shanghai the Pistons. He Shanghai the Pistons. Absolutely hoodwinked. He put Giannis them. on a poster last game. He looks he amazing. Put, he, he looks great. He looks great. And Joe Harris is one of the best role players. He's deserving of the 
70 million that he makes over four years because he's oh, yeah. just a knockdown three-point shooter every team and, needs one and bruce brown is somehow really good like claxton looks good i know part of that is just because they're playing with kevin durant and kyrie irving but yeah no james harden and they're not batting an eye they don't even no, have no jeff green either they shouldn't no, Uncle Jeff. Yeah. I love Uncle Jeff. There's no James Harden. I mean, Budenholzer's family needs to start packing up their house in Milwaukee. He's toast. He's toast. It's crazy. I, We're going to see another first-time head coach probably win a championship. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Yeah, it's wild. I, I mean, I've, honestly, look, I love to see that. He's the guy. Look, I want a Nash to win as a player. You sometimes just need a guy that can manage personalities and get the players like Steve Kerr could and a good, obviously, X and O's great mind of the game. And Nash is just the perfect fit for that storm. Um, it's, I'm, I want to say this quickly because we got to get into Clippers. Um, I'm done with the Giannis, the hating on Giannis. Giannis is not the player that's taking the shot at the end of the game. Giannis can only do so much. Holiday and Middleton, that's why they're there. They need to step up. They're yep. supposed to be banging from yep. outside. It, Giannis's baby Shaq. Shaq is not taking the last yeah, shot my, my, at the end of the game. It was not a... It was not a criticism of Giannis. We know okay. who he is. Yeah. He's a top three player in the league. He's a two-time MVP. Like He's a beast. You just you got to put the right guys around him. But everyone's hating on Giannis. That's why I had to give him a little love. All right, we'll go to you, Nick. Your Clippers are taking on the Jazz. They lose game one. They were beaten up on the Jazz. Spider Mitchell comes out, says, hey, guess what? By the way, I'm a superstar. Throws for a 40-piece. Gobert with a major block at the end of the game. He's been unbelievable. Defensive player of the year. What are you going, though, with Nick? And that was a great block, and that was a great game. I would say one of the best games of the entire playoffs. Uh, oh yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe a step below one of those Knicks Hawks games, or the Nuggets Blazers game. Yeah, that was a good OTs. one too. That was a good one too. Um, but I've got the Clippers. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to take them plus three. I think that's kind of a disrespectful line. I think that um, I think they're going to get it done. They're not going to go down 2-0 again like they did against the Mavs. They can't. They can't have the risk of going seven games and it, it probably will so seven games but that's so much you're playing back-to-back seven game series and you're going to look for paul george and Kawhi leonard to have big games here like they did in the last two games um in dallas yeah do you think that the clippers are going to win toss i don't know but i think it's a good bet um i, I really love that bet for, for it's generous side because i th- i think it's going to be a close a close game no matter what i think you know, look to look to Kawhi to assert himself more than he did last game. Obviously, deferred at the very end of the game right. to Marcus Morris, which you never want to see happen. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and I think if Conley's not playing tonight, you better take advantage. And and I kn- I know Conley will be back for sure for Game Three. We're uncertain. Uh, listeners might know as of now whether or not Conley's playing. But if he's not playing, Clippers d- definitely need to take advantage because with Conley back in there, they get another playmaker yes. who can create a great spot up shooter great on-ball defender for you know a guy like against a guy like man or rondo so the set point really for the offense he flows they really the offense. Need yeah they need the game yeah. they it's a set point for the offense they don't want to go down 2-0 in los angeles conley if he's not playing you got to step on the throat Kawhi has to assert himself paul george can't be just hitting two field goals at this point he's, yeah you're, if you're a top 25 player in the league i love paul george and I always have but you got to show up every game at this you point. do you can't or, or you won't well, be considered such he always has trouble against his rival, Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. The, Joe Ingles is hilarious. <laughs> Jingle hey, Bell. Do you guys see Joe Ingles? They gave uh, Gobert the defensive player of the year. And Ingles, like, for some reason, I guess like, they must love him, gave the speech. And Gobert was like, yeah, couldn't do it without you guys. And he was like, yeah, we know. 
we're, we're well aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone just started laughing because Ingles is hilarious. Look, the thing with the West is the best thing for the Suns if they can kind of get out of this Nuggets series in a gentleman's sweep and this other Clippers and Jazz goes series goes seven or six or six. And those teams are beaten up. The only issue is this nut, this Nets thing is looking like it's going to be at least at the worst over in five. Yeah. Uh, so it's, they, and then it, they'll have to go. I think the Nets are going to go and clean. It's just scary for the Clippers. It's a straight up mentality. And I think, Donovan Mitchell said it perfectly. He said, we know that if we get to a certain point in the game, they're just going to start preparing for game two. So we got to make them get to that point where they'll just quit. Yeah. And they did. They're the, I mean, Ty Lue was the opposite guy they needed at the helm. I'm sorry. He was a terrible hire. And I knew it. I was out on Van Gundy when the Pels hired him. I was out on Ty Lue when they hired him. It's just recycled. And, and part of me, for the fans out there that are listening... Um, I'm a Clippers fan, and I kind of want them to lose so Tyloo doesn't get another shot at coaching. I like Kawhi and Paul George together in Los Angeles, and it would be a shame to see another team just break up again for like the, just like I, I love continuity a little bit at least. But yeah, I mean the Tyloo was like, here, let's hire your boy, and it's it's just backfiring. Not surprising. Like he literally got carried to a championship, got so lucky that that Cavs team was put in place, the Draymond injury, and all that with the, oh, the suspension. Sorry, that went down. And at this point, he's just simply not the guy. You know that – is it a song where it's like, you're simply the best opposite of Tyloo? <laughs> he's simply just not the best. <laughs> he's simply – He's the woke. He might be the worst. And, and Quinn Snyder, the pump-up speech that Quinn Snyder gave Donovan Mitchell, like that's the kind of guy you need in there. Just a gritty guy who is willing to get – he's willing to die for the game. Like, when, like you know, like when um, – at the style of Bender, in the, and when he's in the octagon, and he mouths Adesanya, Adesanya Israel Adesanya. I'm prepared to die. I'm prepared to die. I literally think about that all the time, like right before I'm about to go on a five mile run, which is like I guess like the extent of like my athletic ability. Um, but I have that mentality every time I'm prepared to die, and I, I like the Jazz have that, and the Clippers don't. That's like me uh, going into yeah. a, a, a taqueria, getting a California burrito. I'm, I'm prepared to die. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, guys. Thank you for joining us on our first radio gig. We'll be back next Thursday, so get excited. I'm Joshua Fisher. That was Alexander Tsopolis, Nikki Snacks, Kreider of San Diego, the 619. We are the Charity Stripe Podcast. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your podcast. Instagram, at the.charity.stripe. On Twitter, at underscore Charity Stripe, underscore another one. We out ya. We love ya. Hit your free throws. Thank you for joining us. Please catch the Charity Stripe every Thursday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 AM SoCal Sports Talk. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.